you're joining us online. Welcome to Hope Point. Um, I want to talk to you today about the spirit of sacrifice. Can everybody say sacrifice with me? Come on, that's not a word that most people get excited about, if I'm just being honest. Sacrifice hurts, it's painful, there's something to it. But I just believe that God moves through sacrifice. And if I'm really being honest, I think that the miracle provision and the miracle presence of God comes through in sacrifice. I've told this story maybe before, but when I was young, um, we we, uh, learned the Bible in a barn. Like literally, there's a barn on the other side of the property. That's southern right there. You learn Bible in a barn, boy. Uh, But... But we learned the Bible. Uh, we had a barn here, and that's, that's what we could afford. That's what we got. So uh, I remember we were raising money uh, for, for this property. Uh, we had, like, uh, before there were uh, LED screens and technology and all that, we had this, like, I think it was a little chart that you, we would color in, and it, it was a thermometer, and we'd raise money, and it would go up, and it would go up, and it would go up. Like, like that was high def, right? right? You know what I'm talking about? It was high def. And so um, we would do that, and we... Uh, and we had raised quite a bit of money and uh, some missionaries in Haiti that we knew really, really needed it. And they were, they were doing some amazing things for the kingdom of God down there. And so um, we just took a vote and we, uh, I, I didn't because I was, I was young, but uh, I didn't give any money except maybe a couple quarters or whatever. But um, we took a vote, gave all of our building fund money away, gave it to missions, which was huge uh, for us. Um, and, you know, we, God spoke through a prophet and said, hey, you know, the building you were planning on building anyway, it's four times too small. You need to, you need to buy more steel. Um, and so we did, and we, we paid for this whole building debt-free. And I just happened to believe that, that, um, that when you give to God, you can't outgive Him. But there was something to sacrifice that moved the heart of God. And some of you were here when we did that. Others of you might not have been, but it's just... Um, an amazing thing that that moves the heart of God when you just say, God, I want to do something that's going to hurt. It's going to cost me something. David said, I will not offer to my God something that costs me nothing. And so there's just something about that. So First Peter 2, 4 through 5, we're going to start there and we're going to dive in. We're going to have some, we're going to have some fun today, man. It's been great. Uh, it says, as you come to him, the living stone, that's Jesus Christ. It says, rejected by men, but chosen by God. Can I just say there'll be a lot of times because you were chosen by God that you'll be rejected by men. So I just want you to know that that's a whole nother sermon. You don't got to go there too deep, but I just want you to know that 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 happens. You're precious to him. You also like living stones. Everybody say living stones. You also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices. Haha, there's that word. Holy and acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So when you come, the house, the living, the, the spiritual house is the church. It's the body of Christ. And it's you, a living stone. Find your place in the wall. You find your place in the house. The wall has strength because it's connected to all the other stones. The wall has strength because it's connected to the other stones. It's built in that, and that that enables you. If you meet Jesus long enough, you're going to know that there's going to be some spiritual sacrifices that you're giving to him, that it's going to cost you something, it's going to hurt. It's going it's to hurt so good, you know? And that's what God designed for us. And so that happens, and as you, as you find your place, it, you gain strength from those around you so that when you do that, you're not discouraged, but you're encouraged. Are you with me? That, that you got people around you that say, I'm in it with you, I'm for you, and, and, and I believe in you and what God is doing in your life. I just think there's something that moves the heart of God through audacious sacrifice. There was a widow who had a, who had, had a mite that couldn't even buy a loaf of bread. 
Are you with me? Two mites. And she threw them in, and we're reading about her 2,000 years later. There's the widow of Zarephath and Elijah. I could go down the list of all the people that just said, God, I'm going to give you the little that I have, and even though it's not much, it's everything I got, and God moves in a miraculous way. And so, so there's something that moves the heart of God when it costs us something. And um, I think that's so important. Sacrifice is love expressed through pain. It, it's going to hurt. It's going to cost you. It's love expressed through pain. And so I was reading a story in a magazine last week or this week. I can't remember. It was right around, right around this time. I think it was last week. And um, it was about a woman named Jennifer who in uh, Michigan was uh, one day driving her car uh, to work. And um, she called her husband uh, and said, hey, I feel lightheaded. She, drugs, alcohol, no part, didn't have anything to do with this. She just had a medical condition and, um, that she didn't know about. And an anomaly, and she said, I feel lightheaded. She lost consciousness and wrecked her car into a utility pole. Um, she had life-threatening injuries. They took her to the hospital, uh, and they put her on a ventilator, and for two weeks, she was on one. They, they kind of said, hey, you know, it, it's over at this point. You need to unplug her. So um, they took her off the ventilator, and um, she still was unconscious, comatose, but breathing. And um, her mom, Peggy, uh, proceeded to sit with her daughter um, day after day and just pray and read and sing and do all the things, right? And um, one day, Peggy was telling her daughter a joke, and it was funny but inappropriate for church, so I won't tell it, but um, she told her daughter a joke, and her daughter, daughter started to laugh. And, of course, Peggy freaked out and was like, what the what? So she did what all of us would do, which is grab her iPhone and take a video of it. And, um, you know, uh, found that, that, that Jennifer had, uh, against all odds uh, and all prognoses, um, awakened after five years being in a coma. And she had three boys who were all kind of grown at this point. They're all in high school. And uh, she had a husband who ended up moving on because I think he just felt like it's over. She's gone. Um, and so Jennifer had to learn how to redo life, couldn't talk, couldn't do a lot of things, but her mother just kept advocating for her, uh, got her a cat named Huey because she could only say vowels at the time, and, um, you know, uh, got speech therapy, did all the things. Doctor said that wouldn't work. That all worked, and it was amazing to me because Peggy, her mom, just said, you know, something just told me to stay in it, to just keep showing up, to just keep being there. And she said, I didn't know it, but I just felt like this is what I've got to do. Her mother said, something came over me, and I thought, it's just not over till it's over. She said, she said I don't pay much attention to prognoses. Only the good Lord knows what's going to happen. And every, every miracle that I could have hoped for has come true. When, you in, when they interviewed her mom, you just saw this faithfulness, this, 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 this boldness, this sacrifice, all of these, all of these things. And I think it, it just takes a lot. There's the sacrifice of courageous acknowledgement. She didn't put her head in the sand. She looked at the ugly that was in her life and said, that might not make it, but, but I'm going to keep believing. And, and I just want to encourage you, if you're here today and maybe there's something that you just would rather ignore, it's, it's just big and it's not pleasant, look at it. Give it to God. He can, he can, he can help you overcome. Might be a journey, but He can help you overcome. 
The second thing I saw in this was uh, the sacrifice of bold faith. It takes a lot to put faith in things that other people just say are complete waste. But God. Everybody say, but God. Come on, but God. Now say it like you mean to say, but God. Come on, there's a sacrifice of bold faith. And her mom just kept saying, no, I just feel like I got to show up. I just got to feel like I'll be back. I don't know about you, but, but hospitals are depressing. Uh, I go to them often and nobody wants to be in one. And so when you think about this, she showed up every day for five years. I want you to, want you to process that. No, 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 no change. No sign of life. 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 Kind of like the Israelites marching around the wall of Jericho. I mean, I'm so glad they didn't stop on day six, right? I'm walking around. Hey, not a rock moves. Walking around again. Not a rock moves. I think a lot of us like to see progress, but not a rock moves. Sometimes God does things suddenly, and he's looking for faithfulness in the face of opposition, right? Yeah. And so, so just kept showing up. Just kept showing up. No sound of life. No sound of life. Life. Are you hearing me? There's a sacrifice of bold faith. There's a sacrifice of relentless advocacy. And maybe you have been praying for people. You've been an advocate for people. I never forget, uh, my, my uncle is with the Lord now. My mom and dad prayed for him for 35 years. That man, um, I think he knew how to burn a new path to hell. He just was a great heathen. Uh, he, 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 he mastered it. But, but, but God got a hold of him one day. And for 10 years, he was in our church before he went to be with the Lord. I just happened to think that, that prayers with God mean something sacrificing every day when you don't see any change. In fact, I think if you ask my mom and dad, they a lot of times would say, man, we felt like he just kept going further and further away. We pray and he'd go further and further away. But, but all of a sudden, man, uh, my uncle, boom, in that chair back there. He used to sit right, well, we don't have a row there anymore. It was right back in that very back row. And man, uh, every, every Sunday he'd just come and I remember praying with him before he went to be with the Lord. And you just never know what prayer will do. Some of you believe that. You just never know what prayer will do. Selfless sacrifice can help. And relentless advocacy. Selfless sacrifice, I just see that woman doing what she did. And I think selfless, the sacrifice of, of self-control. You know, your emotions have to align with your faith. You can grieve at a certain point. But I, I, I remember reading this article. And one of Peggy's grandsons, Jennifer's sons, who was in high school playing football... At, when his mom woke up um, in that stage in his life, he said, you know, grandma said being sad isn't going to move you forward. Amen. And it's okay to, to grieve, have your moment, but move. Like, like do something with it. Like, 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 okay, God, we've had it. Now what? Now what? I want to do something for you. I want you to get glory through this. And so I just saw that in our I want to I bridge this with a text from Colossians 4. Paul is writing from prison. Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians. He's, these are prison letters um, and, and Philippians. And he, he writes them um, to the church in Colossae, which is in uh, modern-day Turkey. And they were going through it. They were having a hard time. But, but Paul starts in verse 2. He says, devote yourselves to prayer, which I love because that's what we're doing in 21 days, right? Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders and make the most of every opportunity. If you look at that, 
be, be, be watchful and thankful. Number one, that means be alert, stay on guard, be watchful. Why? Because there's an enemy of your soul that wants to take you out and steal your destiny. And there's also a God in heaven who wrote out every one of your days and wants to move through your situation. All right? So be watchful and thankful. Don't just mail it in. Don't fall asleep at the wheel. Don't just do the things, but, but be alert to what God is doing in and around your life. Be alert and ready, and I just feel like I should say that. Be alert and ready for what God is doing in your life. Pray that a door may open for our message. I want you to hear this. He says, even though I am in chains, the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. I don't know about a lot of you, but Paul is praying that a door opens, that, that, that while he is physically restrained, the gospel cannot be chained, that there is often a spiritual door open when a physical one is closed. And when I think about this, I think about Paul when he is uh, with Silas in prison and they start singing hymn songs in the middle of the night and God sends what? An earthquake shakes the doors of the prison open, the jailer gets saved, his family family gets saved they all get baptized and Paul starts a revival in that city I think about him when he's in Jerusalem right before he goes to Rome and he's in prison again and the Bible in Acts 28 says he holds prayer meetings at his prison for people and that they become followers of the way of Jesus Christ I think about it again in Rome before he's beheaded and he's in prison in a house and he has people having Bible studies there all the time I just happen to think that Paul is tapped into something that you and I need which is this that, that instead of focusing internally on me and what I'm going through instead of going God where are you in all of this what did I do to deserve this nothing you said yes to Jesus that, that there are some things that you're going to walk into nobody thinks that by following them I'm going to walk into prison nobody thinks I'm going to take up my cross hello that, that, that while I'm in chains, what? For the gospel. Now here, I want to I share this with you because I think this will help you. There are some things, let's just say we're here. There are some things that we do that are outside of God's will. Okay, they're outside of his word. And, and we learn through those things. That is taking steps backwards for a while. The challenge with that is that you're going to lose some time. You're going to lose some, some energy. It's going to cost you some things that, that God didn't desire, but you can still, and you have to walk back through. You have, to, you have to make progress and go back through. There's a difference. You can face hard things because I'm outside of God's word. You can also face hard things because you're in it, and you need discernment to know it, because if you're in it, that opposition and that resistance is more like, I don't know, before, before we had, uh, it's more like a slingshot. I know before we had controllers, we used to play with those, right? So like, you know, the, the old wrist rocket, if anybody remembers that. When, when you're in the will of God and you face resistance, he never let go of you. And you never let go of him. Which means that at a certain point, the resistance is only building power to propel you forward at a faster rate than you could have walked it anyway. Right? That's the difference. And so Paul faces that. He knows that. He's aware of that. And so, I, so, so he says, hey, that I may proclaim the mystery. He says, make the most of every opportunity. The Greek is buy back the time. Redeem the time. Before you chalk something up on the scoreboard, before you do that, 
as a loss? Is God that's so ugly you can't use that? Is God that's a mess? You, there's nothing that you could do with that. He works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Nothing is wasted. Know that he might be able to do something with that and he can buy back the time. He can redeem the time. You can make the most of every opportunity. That's important. It's important. So I'll give you a biblical view of sacrifice. Number one, there's purpose and pain. There's purpose and pain. A defining characteristic of sacrifice is pain. Paul said, Philippians 1, he's still in jail. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace garden to everyone else that I'm in chains for Christ. Because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. Church, can I tell you that sometimes you'll walk through something and the grace of God that is on your life will speak to those around you that say, hey, if he could heal them of that, maybe he could heal me. If he could deliver them from 20 years of addiction, maybe he could deliver me. Hey, if he could save their kid who was off running chasing the world, maybe he could save my crazy son too. Hey, if he could do that in their marriage, maybe he could put mine back together. Sometimes it's the grace of God on your life as you walk through something that you didn't deserve, but that you will dominate. That encourages other people. There's, 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 there's purpose and pain. There's also privilege in it. Paul says, it's been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but to suffer for him, to go through some things. It's a privilege. It's an honor. It's going to buy something in heaven for you that you couldn't have gotten any other way. It's going to produce something in you that you wouldn't have been able to have any other way. It's going to move you. There's opportunity in opposition. A biblical mindset of sacrifices. There's opportunity in opposition. 1 Corinthians 16, 8 through 9. I'll stay at Ephesus until Pentecost because a great door for effective work is open to me and there are many who oppose me. That, those two things don't go together. Usually there's a great opportunity because everybody's loving me and they're patting me on the back and they're saying how well they love the message of the gospel and, and they're blowing me up on Facebook. They're hitting me on, on Instagram. They're, 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 you know... They're doing all those things. I got this great offering, Paul said. No, he said, there's a great opportunity and there's lots of people who oppose me. There's a lot of opposition, but God is doing something that we couldn't. I told you this a couple weeks ago, we're in the We Show Up campaign. We're raising money to buy a building for our, second, for our other campus at Midlothian. What's crazy about that is we heard no so many times. No, you can't come out here. No, you can't come out here. No, we don't like churches. No, we don't want you here. No, you'll take up all of our parking. And finally, somebody said, well, I, I mean, I don't really like to work with you, but I will. You probably won't pay as much as everybody else, but I'll work with you. And 10 years later, that guy gets saved and gives us a million dollars to buy the building. It's just a part of it, right? Those people were mean. They were mean. And we were nice. We serve that community that told us no. Now we are the only church that they will allow into that community to minister. I'm serious. They told us this. They wouldn't let any other church around here. You guys have been faithful to minister here with excellence. And they were mean to us. There's opportunity in opposition. There's opportunity in opposition if you can take your eyes 
And by the way, I struggle with this all the time. If I can take my eyes off of me and stop being the hero of my own story and say, God, what do you want to do through this? What do you want to do through this? How do you want to move the needle? What do you want to do for the kingdom? What, what are you trying to do in me that I couldn't do otherwise? A great door of effective work is open to me and there are many who oppose me. Just because you face opposition doesn't mean there's not a great door. Doesn't mean there's not a great door. By the way, there's grace for your space. A lot of people put themselves out of the grace of God because they put their mind ahead of him. The Bible says his grace is sufficient unto the day. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. His grace will never meet you in the future because it's theoretical. His grace can only be with you and thrive with you in the present. So if you are worried about the future and thinking about the future, you'll never find the grace of God there. You'll only find it for where you are right now. Don't put yourself ahead of God's grace. Don't put yourself out of God's grace in your mind. Operate in the grace that God has given you. That is, the, the Hebrews could only collect manna every day. If they collected it for the next day, it rotted except for the Sabbath. Think about it. What's God saying? I'm your daily bread. Dependent on me. Your, my grace is sufficient for you under the day. Not, not beyond. Don't be stressed out by tomorrow when God's living in today. Are you, are, you, are you with me on that? There's grace for your place. There's no victim in victory. There's no victim in victory. Paul writes to the church, Philippians 3, he said, whatever was to my profit, whatever I lost for Christ, I now consider dumb. Whatever was to my profit is lost. Everything is a loss compared to Christ. That, that when I met Jesus, uh, it redefined the calculus. When I met Jesus, I started doing a different kind of math. When I met Jesus, I realized that, that everything that I was doing was going to resound in eternity. That I wanted him to build his kingdom, get glory through my life, and that I could have an eternal impact. Whatever else I had is gone, and I'm, I'm glad. If God removed something, it was creating drag in the first place. It was creating friction in the first place. It was holding you back in the first place. Trust him with what he removes. It's okay. It's not really lost. Trust him with what he removes. I'm going to say it one more time. Trust him with what he removes. There's treasure and tragedy. We don't like to go through it, but there's treasure there. Second Corinthians 4, therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed every day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us a glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Come on. That, that, that I know that I might be wasting away on the outside, but inwardly, man, I'm being renewed day by day that, that, they're that these troubles are achieving something for me. That even when Satan is attacking me, he's actually just building treasure for me. My light and momentary troubles are achieving a glory that outweighs them all. So it's a privilege. So I got to ask you, who's in your crew? Because remember, we're being built into a spiritual house. Stones get strength from those that they're around. Who's in your crew? Who do you got around you? If you look at Colossians 4, you're going to see, hey, there are tons of people that Paul lists. There are eight spiritual sons just in those seven verses that Paul lists. He lists Demas, Luke, Aristarchus, Tychicus, Epaphras. He says, Epaphras is constantly wrestling in prayer for you. That word is 
agonizomai, right? It means that he is in agony in prayer for you. I don't know about you. I need some people that will pray like that for me. Are you with me? I need some people around me. You guys got my chairs? Where are my chairs? I don't know where they are. I need chairs. Neil, help me out. I'm going to grab a chair. Somebody's got a chair. Somebody's got a chair. There's a chair. Joseph has got a chair. Cool. Hey, brother. Thank you. Just bring that right there. That's good. Yeah. So here's what I want to show you. Yeah, let's do that. Wrestling in prayer. What does it say? Can you put up that verse? It's wrestling in prayer that you may stand in all of the will of God. Okay? All of the will of God. Colossians 4, 12. That you may stand in all of the will of God. So here's what I want to show you. I met a lot of Christians that are, that are very unstable imbalance because they only know how to stand in some of the will of God. What did, what did, what did Epaphras say? I'm wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand in all of the will of God. So, so a lot of us, we believe in Jesus, but we haven't applied that to our marriage, our family, our finances, our health, our strength, our peace, our joy. So we're imbalanced. A strong wind will blow you over, right? How long can I do this? Not long. A strong wind will blow you over. But he says, I want you to stand firm in all of the way. Say all with me. Say all. All gives me a base. All puts my feet on a firm foundation. Jesus Christ did not die for some. He died for for all. He did not die so that you could have partial life, but life in that more abundantly. He died so that you could stand in all of the will of God, not some of it, not stand on some of it and say, well, Satan, you can mess around with that. You can mess around with my family, my marriage, my purity, my kids, my my finances. No, he said all of the will of God. So here's what I want to say. You don't have to know it all, but every time God reveals something to you in the word, you stand on that. You stand on the will of God because he's wrestling in prayer for your life. And when you do that, it builds a solid base and a foundation. I don't know about you. I need someone like Epaphras to war in prayer with me, to wrestle in prayer with me. When I go through tragedy and I go through sacrifice, I realize I got somebody that says, hey, I'm with you. I'm for you. No weapon formed against you can prosper. Hey, if they mess with you, they mess with me. One can put a flight to 1,000, but two can put a flight 10,000. Hey, if I've got your back, I can encourage and strengthen you and be a support for you. I don't know about you, but I hope that you've got a crew. And it should be the people of faith. should be people that God has put alongside you to say, hey, that's why we do connect groups, by the way. Plug, plug. Right? So you can meet some people that will say, hey, um, I feel like I could do life with you. I want to hang with you. I, I love you. I want to encourage you. I, you know, you like football? I like football. You like prayer? I'm going to pray for you. What's going on in your life? You got all the things, right? Don't be robbed of the treasure of the church. Because when you go through sacrifice, you're going to need those people. You're going to need those people. Would you bow your heads with me today? Our prayer team, come. If you need some people to war in prayer with you today, maybe, maybe, 
Maybe you need to get free of something. Maybe you got a diagnosis that's difficult. Maybe your marriage is going through it. Maybe you got some kids that are running wild. Maybe, maybe your finances might be going through it. Whatever it might be in your life that you could just say, hey, you know, I, I could use a friend. I could use somebody. We, we believe in you having spiritual, physical, mental, and emotional health. Maybe if you're struggling in one of those areas, you need peace that passes understanding. You need the joy of the Lord as your strength. These are the people that I want you to war with. These are some people that I want to war in prayer with you with. But there's also a, a group of people. Your heads bowed, eyes closed. And if you're watching online, this is for you too. Jesus is knocking on the door of your life. And somebody, whether you know it or not, has been praying for years and years for you. They were wrestling in prayer for you before you ever got here. And you're here today as a product of their prayer. It's time. You feel the Lord knocking on the door of your life and he's just saying, hey, isn't it about time you surrendered to me? Isn't it about time that you let me in? Isn't it about time that you made me your Lord and Savior? Isn't it about time for a change? If you're here today and you want to give your life to Christ, we're going to say a prayer and it's going to be the start of something. But afterwards, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and acknowledge that, that you said that prayer. It's time to come home, prodigal. It's time to find life for those who are in darkness, those who are in death, light and life. We're going to pray together. The whole church is going to pray nice, loud, and bold prayer. And that's going to be the start of your transformation. All things are going to be made new. And then we get to live it out. So let's say that prayer. Say, dear God, forgive me. I give my life to you, Jesus. I make you my Lord and Savior today. And thank you for paying a price I couldn't when you went to the cross. I thank you that I can receive abundant and eternal life right now because of your resurrection. Thank you for cleansing me and giving me a new start. In Jesus' name. Say that prayer a minute in your heart. Just raise your hand right now. I want to make sure that I acknowledge and say that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, nice and loud, nice and high. Thank you. I see you, ma'am. Yep. Thank you. Got you over there. Yep. Thank you. Come on, nice and high. Come on. Thank you. I got you too, brother. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad you did that. You, don't hold out on me. Come on. Anybody else? So important. Let's give God a hand, shall we? Come on.